Hey. Is that your chicken making all that noise? Oh, Jerry loves the morning. Who? Oh. Little Jerry Seinfeld. I name my chicken after you. Thanks, that's very sweet, but that is not a chicken. Of course it is. I picked it out myself. Well, you picked out a rooster. Well, that would explain little Jerry's poor egg production. Well, I don't want to be a secondary character. rooster makes oh I, I thought that was a hen no it's a rooster that would explain little jerry's poor egg production <laughs> <laughs> looks at a chicken's ass yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> like a weirdo yeah i know <laughs> yeah. probably my favorite scene in this episode and I, I love i love how um kramer's walking little jerry you know down the shop and they go into yeah. the bodega yeah and um there's the dog and then you know little jerry attacks the dog and, and then Kramer picks it up and it's like his ass is sticking out instead of his head. It's like, oh, wrong way. Whoops. <laughs> There's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, chicken jokes that, um, you know, rely on the butt. You could say that it's the butt of the jokes. Yes. Cocks and butts. Cocks and butts. <laughs> Body parts. It's all happening. Welcome back to another season of But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. And we're off to a very classy start talking about cocks and butts. Oh, I know, right? And, and the game cocks, I mean. Game cocks, yeah, of course. Indeed. And um, yeah. the butts between words. The co-joining words. Indeed. Isn't it great to be back for a fourth season of this podcast? I can't believe we made it this far. I know it's been uh, it's been a very nice break. Yeah, uh, not thinking about Seinfeld for a while, but I'm very keen to be back. Yeah, and it's very great to see the downloads again as well. You know, quite a few downloads since we've uh, had a break. So thank you very much for your support as always. And uh, if you're back for uh, a fourth season with us, if you've been with us since day one, thanks heaps. Anything in the middle, or uh, if this is your first ever episode, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. That's right. And uh, if this is your first listen, or if you're revisiting us. Uh, we are a Seinfeld podcast who uh, every week take an episode at random. We don't do it in uh, any particular order. Um, and we focus on the secondary characters of the show. Not only what happens in the uh, episodes, um, but also we kind of build a bit of a bit of a universe or a bit of a storyline uh, for each character. We sure do. And uh, yeah, we love the secondary characters. You know, the core four always have their kind of thing, you know. But, you know, the secondaries don't get much of a mention. So we're here to fill that void. That's right. And there are a couple of really good Seinfeld podcasts out there who talk about the episodes as episodes and obviously focus on the core four. A.K.A. the recently finished Seincast. Yeah. They had their last episode a couple are they, of weeks ago. Are they doing Kerber Enthusiasm? I hope so. Okay. But nice. they haven't officially announced anything. No, no. Damn. Hopefully they do. Yeah. Yeah. So big so, ups to Seincast. That's right. Thanks, guys. Yep. Um, and if you want to talk about secondary characters or anything else Seinfeld related or anything at all if you want to say hello um, we have an email address bidwabaskpodcast at gmail.com yep and we're on social media at bidwabask b-i-d-w-b-a-s-c that's right and, and we have mm, a website bidwabask.com we sure do and Stephen we have something brand new to mention to the listeners what is it that's right before I do oh, before right. we do okay, okay. Uh, we're also available on every service you get your podcast yeah. so Apple Podcasts Spotify Stitcher all that jazz that's right if you want to review us or rate us that would be amazing yes um, yeah and if you want to get in touch with us do so but yes on to more exciting news uh, we are really stoked to announce this has been something that's been on the boil for a little while. We were going to do it last season, but we decided to launch it with this season. It would 
you know, make a bit more sense. It just made sense, yes. Yeah. Uh, we have a Patreon page. Yes, we sure do. Patreon.com forward slash B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C. Bidwabas, that's right. Bidwabas, yes. And uh, on the page, you'll find three tiers of support um, if you want to help us out. Uh, yep. The first one being the Human Fund. For a dollar a month, you can just give us a buck and uh, be part of the Human Fund. Money for people. That's right. And also, if you do contribute a dollar per month, you'll get a regular shout-out as a Patreon supporter for the show. That's right. So we'll give you a shout-out in our show notes and also on the pod each time. That's right. Um, and our next tier, I guess, is our main tier. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Friends of... Friends of Bidwabas. That's right. That's I right. forgot. Yes. I forgot the tier that I made up. <laughs> it's like Friends of... What was the name of that podcast friends. that we're doing? Oh, yeah, Friends. <laughs> friends of Friends. So if your name's Chandler, Monica, Rachel, Phoebe, yep. please jump on it's board. It's $10 for you. Yeah. <laughs> it's double for it's some reason. It's $100 for you. <laughs> Yeah. The arch. Yeah. The so, arch. The, oh, no, uh, <laughs> Where did that come from? I have no idea. I'm, I'm from the ghetto or something. What? <laughs> I have no idea. Anyway, anyway for, for less than, or at least $5 a month, so you get a regular shout out. You support the you know podcast as well, so we can keep doing what we're doing, plus a bit more. You also get access to exclusive bonus content, including uh, bonus episodes and some videos as well. That's right. So every week we'll be putting out something new. It might be an extra episode. It might be some video content. Um, it might be an interview, might be a movie review. We don't know. Uh, we want to mix it up. We want to keep it fresh. Um, and if you've got any ideas, if you want to see a certain thing or if you want to hear us talk about a certain thing, um, yeah, get in touch with us and we're, we're open to pretty much any idea. Please, that'd be amazing. Yeah. And if you are if you want to become a sponsor of the program, so, you know, if you've got like a product or service that you think would... Uh, suit our listeners be sure to get in touch that's right um that is our third tier so for 25 bucks a month uh and all of these dollar figures are in australian as well because we do have some international uh, listeners that's right um if you yeah if you have a product or service or anything creative anything that you want to promote uh whether it's your business or you know a podcast you do whatever um and you want us to plug it on the show uh we want to offer that to you um as a as a tier so for 25 bucks a month you can do that um, and if you want to take that up, uh, just get in touch with us and we'll, we'll talk about the particulars and sort of, you know, we'll tailor it to each individual, you know, personal project who wants to uh, get on board. For sure. And the money, like I mentioned before, will keep us podcasting and also bringing you some bonus material and uh, maybe some other kind of things in the future. That yeah, that's we're, right. Uh, we're rattling some uh, ideas about and uh, hopefully they're into fruition. That's right. So yeah. none, none of this, you know, even if we get one Patreon or a thousand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. We, we appreciate any support anyone wants to give even if it's not monetary even if people just want to get in touch with us and encourage us Please. it's all positive we love it all um you know we've had really really kind mail over the year and a bit that we've been doing it yeah and we got some listener mail coming up uh, later right. today so yeah i guess mm. this just feels like the next step for us you know we're, we're growing a bit yep. um you know and it's a cool way to be a bit more interactive and give uh, people who want to listen to us a bit mm. more content to uh to 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 consume growing pains that's right <laughs> <laughs> that's right indeed anyway let's get on with the show so this this is the first season, or the first season, no, it's the fourth season, what am I talking about, of episode one, oh jeez, season four, episode one of Bidwabars, that's what I was trying to say. Good stuff for you, mate. Indeed. And today we're talking about the Little Jerry, that's from season eight, and that's episode 11. So a few secondary characters from there, we're going to talk about uh, Kurt, who's Elaine's boyfriend in the episode, Celia, who's George's prison girlfriend, and Marcelino, the head of the Bodego. That's right, and a couple of extras, uh, we've got... Detective Danner and Detective Udowitz. Oh, yep, very nice, yep. And yep. also Betsy, the prison warden. Yes. And also Bobby, the guard. Bobby, the guard, yes, indeed. So quite a few to uh, to chew on. So let's uh, let's get that ring ready and uh, let's get our chickens or roosters ready to go. Uh, let's get into the first ever Seinfeld news for season four, shall we? Sounds good. 
Okay, to start off uh, season four of Bidwabask, we have four news items. How about that? Oh, perfect. So uh, this covers about four or five weeks of uh, our break. Um, and this doesn't cover all of the Seinfeld-related um, news bits that have happened over the last four or five weeks. Mm-hmm. These are just the more major ones. So if I've missed anything and you think I should have included it, e- email us and I'll tell you that I should include it. Kudos to you, Stephen. Yes. So to kick off, uh, on May 20, uh, the latest season of SNL had their finale. And the opening monologue, which they're famous for, mm-hmm. uh, this time was hosted by Tina Fey. It's Saturday Night Live! That's right. Live in New York on Saturday night. Uh, so the the sort of, the, the gist of the monologue was that uh, Tina Fey was just talking to the audience. She was talking about SNL and, you know, how she got her start on there and how important the show is to her and obviously to the audience. Um, and she wanted to put it out to the audience to have some questions answered, you know, about the show, about her, whatever. And the setup was was that the interview was quote unquote crashed <laughs> by celebrity audience members. Nice. Um, so rather than asking your regular Joes, your regular nobodies like you or I, um, or you <laughs> hey, the listener, we're somebodies. Well, to, to, to Tina Fey and SNL, we're, we're nobodies. No, that's true. That's right. Um, so uh, questions were asked by Donald Glover, aka uh, Childish Gambino. Oh yeah, yeah. He's he's had a good run so far. Hasn't yeah, he? he's been yeah, he's been killing you. it. Yeah, yeah, doing very well. Doing very well. That's right. Um, Robert De Niro, um, Anne Hathaway, and of course Jerry Seinfeld. Ah, very nice. So Jerry Seinfeld asked two questions in this uh, in this episode. I can't remember what they are. What's the deal with Raging Bull? That's right. What's the deal with Raging Bull? Well, there were questions more about SNL and also Tina Fey. Yeah. Um, if you want to watch it, it is on YouTube. And it is pretty funny. It's about a five-minute little uh, little skit. Might even put it in the show notes. Yeah, if we'll you can put find it. We'll put a link in the show notes. Good one. That's right. So, uh, second bit of news is an update on the ongoing lawsuit between uh, former producer for comedians in cars getting coffee. <laughs> oh, that guy, Christian Jeez. Charles. Christian Charles, that guy. You, you, I've heard so much about him. Yeah. So, <laughs> God damn, what's happening with that? Yeah. So we're, we're like roving legal reporters. That's right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Sporadic <laughs> updates on uh, on legal dramas to do yeah, with Seinfeld. We're like the only people in the world who are doing rolling coverage of this. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we should um, we should do like a docu series and sell it to Netflix or something you know like this ongoing reporting on on this lawsuit and jerry's like where's my cut yeah uh, shit we'll sue him <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> cup under a million should be just mine yep i'll uh, i'll take that <laughs> and then, but we still want patreon support even now of we're, course yeah jerry will be like if jerry supports us he'll <laughs> yeah. be like our number one we'll do a special tier just for him that's that's what we'll sue him for he needs to support us on patreon <laughs> that's the deal <laughs> yeah he's like oh don't sell me 25 dollars a month i can afford that yeah. it's fine i'll um, pay 20 months in advance <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the difference. <laughs> All right, we'll bankroll us for the next five years. Oh, I'm happy with that. Yeah, that's. I'd be more okay, more than okay with that. Yeah. So, uh, just to give you a brief background on it, in case you're not familiar, uh, in February uh, this year, uh, form again, former producer of the show of comedians and cars getting coffee. Christian Charles. Christian Charles. He filed a lawsuit um, against Jerry Seinfeld and Netflix, claiming that basically he came up with the idea of comedians and cars getting coffee. That's correct. And has never either gotten credit or monetary compensation. And again, we have covered it a couple of times in Seinfeld yeah. news. Yeah, that's season. right. Yeah. Yep. There are quite a few articles floating around from February um, mm-hmm. until now, all the updates. So if you want a, a bit more of a comprehensive background, just uh, go on the old Google machine. But uh, the latest update, so initially when he made the complaint in February... Uh, he had legal representation. Um, oh, sorry. The original complaint was made before he had legal representation. Right. Um, as he hadn't found a lawyer. Basically, that was game enough or thought that the case was solid enough to take on Seinfeld. 
and Seinfeld being a bit of a juggernaut and a very wealthy man. <laughs> a bit. A bit of a juggernaut, yeah. yeah. Actually, I saw Deadpool 2 the, um, Deadpool Dead, 2 the other Deadpool day. Deadpool Poo. <laughs> what am I saying? <laughs> Deadpool 2. Oh, Deadpool Poo is a totally different movie. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. <laughs> Dead Dick 3. <laughs> <laughs> Dead Dick 3. Zombie Dick. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I, Dick Measles. Oh, yeah. That, see, I had Dick Measles and that's fallen off. And now it's it's in a zombie-like state. Weird. It's just crawling around. <laughs> I feel like I feel like there could be like a Dead Dick joke in the next Deadpool movie. Movie. Like that wouldn't be beyond, no, wouldn't be beyond the, the scope of a Deadpool movie. Well, we mentioned on the way to the car that Ryan Reynolds was so self-referential about his jokes, yeah. especially about himself. No, that's what makes the movie so good. Exactly. Now, Breaking what I was fourth wall. indeed. Now, what I was saying, we saw uh, Deadpool two last week, and uh, Juggernaut was the villain. So yeah, Juggernaut's Jerry, I guess. That's true. That's true. <laughs> that's Jerry. It's, it's representative of this. What a coincidence. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Seinfeld news. Throw it in. Yeah, that's a uh, Seinfeldism right there. No, there. There you go. I saw Deadpool two, and it kind of is familiar. It's kind of the same as a lawsuit that's a Seinfeldism that's fine that's close enough yes <laughs> we're really stretching there yeah, we sure <laughs> so uh, yeah so as I said uh, when the complaint was initially filed in February he had no legal representation so no one was really game enough to take him on they didn't think it was solid enough they didn't think it would even get to court um, but now he has found a lawyer who uh, was uh, well you know who thought it was worthwhile taking on the uh, taking on the case and he's actually amended the original complaint, and apparently now it's a lot more solid. Yeah. Um, and there's a good chance that we'll actually go for go to court. Um, and you know, there's even speculation that Jerry might be ruled against. Oh boy! Um, in the meantime, before it gets to before it gets to court, um, in this amendment as well, he's actually filing for an injunction against further distribution of the show on Netflix. So oh no! I'm the in the mo- middle of watching it. So am I. I started <laughs> yesterday, actually. Damn it! Yeah. So um, I don't know how successful. God he'll damn be. you, Christian Charles. Yeah, that's right. Hate you. Yeah. So that that's basically the gist of it. It is really detailed and complex. Um, sort of, you know, small history of this of this situation. Um, the latest article came out from Hollywood Reporter, and they really unpacked the whole, you know, four month history saga. so far, yeah. whole saga so far. Yeah. So I'll put a show up. Uh, we'll put a, a link up in the show notes. Yeah. Um, click on the link. I dedicate 15, 20 minutes reading it. It's yeah. really comprehensive and it's really interesting. There's a lot of like boring legal stuff. Of course. Um, so if you're a lawyer or you work in the legal profession, then yeah, it's, it's it's right up your alley. It's really cool. Yeah. But um, yeah, a really deep dive for something that is seemingly not that big of a deal. Well, yeah. you know. A, a famous person suing another famous person happens all the time. It'd be big for Christian if he wins, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not downplaying nice, the significance nice of it, nice but um, yeah. you know, yeah. I'm just surprised that someone like the Hollywood Reporter dedicated that much space to it. That's all. Oh, yeah. well, anyway, who knows? third uh, article. That's right. So on Memorial Day, um, which again was a couple of weeks ago, uh, Jerry tweeted out that he was doing a impromptu stand-up show. Um, actually, Memorial Day was May 30. I said a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I think it was last week. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so on May 30 in the morning, he tweeted out that he was doing an impromptu stand-up show um, at a venue in New York called Stand Up New York, funnily enough. Wow, where's that? Uh, <laughs> Cincinnati? Yeah, or LA, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so he told the venue manager... So apparently he went to the venue. He told the venue manager... I, I don't know what made him decide that he wanted to just do this impromptu show. Right. I have no idea. Right. But he told the venue manager that he would be back in 30 minutes with a crowd. He went outside, sent out the tweet, and sure enough, 30 minutes later, uh, a crowd of about 100 people sh- showed up. Oh, only 100. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he, he did a 25-minute stand-up set and also a Q, uh, Q&A uh, after the show. Cool. Yeah. And uh, one fan af- asked him about sort of, you know, what... 
uh, I guess how satisfied he was, you know, with his career as as a comedian and as a successful, um, you know, sitcom TV star, sitcom yeah. star, yeah. you know, and now back as a stand up comedian and as a movie producer, he's sort of done it all. Yeah. Um, and he said, and I quote, he's done everything that he'd wanted to do. Uh, so now his favorite thing to do is to perform in front of audiences like this. Yeah. Cool. So I think he's just reached that point in his career where he's like, he's done it all. I've ticked off yeah. my professional bucket list. Yeah. You know, I'm still crushing it. I'm just going to do random shit because, yeah. you know, I can. Plus, he's approaching his mid-60s. Yeah, so that's he's right. Like, I'm getting on. I think on, he, he probably so, just wants to have know. a bit more fun. Yeah, that's you know, right. And not take things so seriously, in which his, is cool. In his twilight years. That's right. Why not? Yeah. And the fourth bit of news, and this is actually my favorite, uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, uh, again, is being honoured for her just amazingness. Oh, yes. What award was she up for? Uh, so, this one, she has been nominated. Well, it's been announced that she'll be this year's recipient of the Mark Twain Prize for American Humour. Very nice. Yep. Yeah. So, on October 21st, she'll be presented with the award at the Kennedy Center, um, and it'll be part of a ceremony that will be broadcast nationally, being America. So mm-hmm. you can probably watch it abroad, maybe on YouTube or something. I don't know. Um, and I'm sure the highlights will be available on YouTube as they usually are. So um, it is a pretty prestigious award in the comedy world. Oh, yeah. Um, I'd never heard of it before, but Mark, Tain, Mark Twain being a, you know, a, 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 a legendary a author, humorist and, yeah. and satirist. So yeah. Um, former recipients of the award include uh, Bill Murray, Whoopi Goldberg, wow, Tina Fey, wow. again, again yeah. Ellen DeGeneres, and George Carlin. So, oh, yeah. yeah. So she's amongst, uh, you All know, them. so she'll be, you know, recognized amongst basically comedy royalty. And rightfully com- so, too. Definitely, yeah. 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 Um, so her quote or her statement about being nominated, or sorry, about being um, uh, announced of being the recipient was... Uh, Again, quote, uh, merely to join the list of distinguished recipients of an, of this award uh, would be honour enough. But as a student of both American history and literature, the fact that Mr. Twain himself will be presenting the award to me in person <laughs> is particularly gratifying. <laughs> the Mark Twain. <laughs> the Mark Twain, coming back from the dead. Nice. It'll be like at the end of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Oh, you know, yeah. You know, they've gone through history. Yeah, yeah. And they yeah. brought back all of these famous historical figures and then they get an A-plus for their presentation. <laughs> you know, people will go like, oh, that guy looks exactly like Mark Twain looks. He's a really good impersonator. And <laughs> and he's like, like yeah, impersonator. Yeah, yeah, that's not a phone box in the back. <laughs> Actually, it would make sense as well because George Carlin a former recipient of the award is actually Rufus in Bill and Ted's ah nice yeah have you seen Bill and Ted's oh not for a long time okay but I've heard a rumour that there's going to be a third one coming up it's not up. a rumour anymore it no, was a rumour up until about two weeks it's like ago Keanu Reeves and the other guy yep. is going to be in it I've read the synopsis for it oh um, it's actually happening yeah cool. so apparently another because per- George Carlin's dead yeah so they can't use him but apparently another person from the future has come back um, and told them they're like middle aged with families and they're kind of like failures or they're you know they're not a successful band like they thought they would be mm-hmm. um, and they're still trying to like write a hit that that Rufus told them that they have to write to basically save the universe. Man, John Wick is a very handy guy. <laughs> He's a muso yeah. too. Yeah, this guy this guy comes out of nowhere, his name's Morpheus, and gives him a pill and What oh, if no, I wait. told you? What if I told that you that someone would kill your dog? <laughs> yeah. John Wick. <laughs> Just mashing up all the Keanu Reeves yeah, uh, movies. Johnny Menomic. <laughs> Johnny mnemonic. Mnemonic. Yeah, mnemonic. mnemonic. Yeah, it's a bit of a tongue twister. Point break. Why what kind of psycho would put an N and an M together? It's like just choose one, you crazy person M&M? mnemonic no an n and an yeah, m mnemonic M&M. fucking psychos M&M. anyway that's all the seinfeld news to kick off season four wonderful now after all that <laughs> we're gonna get into the episode straight after this break we're talking about from season eight the little jerry and its secondary characters we're back and we're loving it this is the season four premiere of bitwabask <laughs> Thank you. 
This is Bidwabas, baby. We're back for season four, and we're talking about season eight, episode 11, The Little Jerry. And we all have a little Jerry in our lives, or we wish we had one. Yeah, um, I don't I don't want a cockfighting chicken, but I do want an animal that I love. <laughs> yes. And that hopefully produces delicious food for me. Yes, especially eggs. <laughs> That's right. Well, I couldn't eat that, but um, I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't eat any of it, actually. But, oh, you um, can't. No. Oh, you'd have to give them to me then, wouldn't you? That's fine. Yeah, tr- yeah that's fine. It's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so, we're talking about the little Jerry and its secondary characters. So, coming up, after I give a bit of a plot synopsis, we're going to talk about Kurt, Celia, Marcelino... And a few other characters as well. And Misk. Misk. So, the plot synopsis for The Little Jerry. First aired in the US, January 9, 1997. Written by Andy Ackerman, written by Jennifer Crittenden. And this was the first episode of the year 1997 to broadcast on air. That's right. On NBC, yes. At Monks, Kramer tells Jerry that a convenience store owner named Marcelino, he's played by Miguel Sandoval, has posted one of Jerry's bounce checks on his cash register. The clown checks with the balloons. Some idiot with a clown check. Yeah, with a clown check. And has. I love how it cuts to the check and it's got Jerry's name and address on the... <laughs> Top left hand corner. (laughs) Oh, they posted me the wrong ones. (laughs) I want to know how Elaine managed to get close enough to see the check to know what pattern was on it, but didn't see Jerry's name. Oh, I don't know. It's weird. Well, I guess it was so colourful, the check, you know, they probably. Because George and Kramer both see that it's Jerry's check. But Elaine just sees that it's a check. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. Uh, who knows? I reckon it was probably all the colours and she was, you know, yeah. she was in hysterics. She was you know. distracted. Yeah, she, she was just loving it. True. Yeah. <laughs> um, George walks in and says that his Susan Ross Foundation made a large donation to a women's prison and he gets to go there to check it out. Elaine walks in with her new boyfriend, Kurt, John Michael Higgins, who shaves his head because he's an athlete. He and swims. He's apparently from the future. Apparently, yes. <laughs> And he's gutsy. Very gutsy. Jerry pays Marcelino what he owes, but he refuses to take the check down due to store policy. Even I'm not above the policy. (laughs) George goes to the prison and meets the librarian Celia, played by Andrea Benderwald who is an inmate herself. You're in prison? That's so cool. That's so cool. It, it, isn't it funny how George becomes like all fangirly? Yeah, it's like, he oh, gets all it's giddy. So cool. It's so cool. Yeah, no. <laughs> Cram- <laughs> they begin to date and George discovers many advantages of dating a convict. Well, I know where she always is. <laughs> you know? Conjugal visits. Conjugal visits. Oh, don't get me excited, Jerry. Kramer <laughs> uh, announces that he brought a hen to get his own eggs named Little Jerry Seinfeld. And Jerry tells him that it's a rooster. That, that would explain Little Jerry's poor egg production. <laughs> poor egg production. <laughs> <laughs> and Elaine discovers that Kurt had a nice head of hair and convinces him to grow it back. It's revealed that Kurt may be developing baldness, which disappoints Elaine, and causes Kurt to become slovenly and depressed. Yeah, What's poor the stain dude. on your shirt? Oh, a meatball fell out of my sandwich. You already ate? That was from yesterday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, when you've got a stain from the day before, that's when you're fucking depressed. And isn't it funny how he was very slovenly and he, he kind of reminded me of George. Yeah. You notice how he dressed like in like a sports yeah. jacket and yeah. all that kind of stuff. That's right. In the summer of George, just when he, you know, is a slob and he doesn't have a job. Yeah. And he's just eating all the time and yeah. That's who Kurt reminded me of. Yeah, that's funny. That's a good, that's a, that's a good comparison. And then, you know, him and George, you know, get together and George tells him that he'll be bored within 10 months. Mm. Yeah, 14, 12 months. He's slowly turning into George. Yes, <laughs> he slowly is. He just needs to lose about two feet. And put on about, you know, 20 kilos. And he'll be basically George. And he'll be George, yes. Marcelino convinces Kramer to put little Jerry into a cockfight, which he wins. 
Uh, Marcelino tells Jerry he'll take the check down if he can own Little Jerry. Kramer refuses, and both he and Big Jerry become Little Jerry's trainers. Isn't that cute how he's pecking at the, uh, yeah. Yeah, the boxing things? Yeah, the boxing pads. Boxing pads, yeah. So yeah. good. So good. Um, George tries to prevent Celia from getting parole, but she unexpectedly breaks out of jail. She's later tracked down by the police and arrested, with Kurt being arrested after being mistaken for George. Come on, we know you're bald. I love, yeah, that's some solid police work. <laughs> yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, he's a bald guy, yeah. so it must be him. Yeah, you know, because there's only two bald people in New York. I'd question the incompetence of the police yeah, if they did definitely. that. Definitely, yeah. It's terrible. Uh, little Jerry faces a larger opponent at the cockfight, and after Kramer dives into the ring to save him, he is pecked violently off screen by the other rooster. <laughs> the credit scene shows Kurt in prison, and he tells Elaine that he'll be there for 10 to 14 months after assaulting a police officer during his arrest. Elaine is so savage in this scene. She shows. Yeah, Drop, she just drops, drops the, the wedding in. ring into like the, the deposit box. Doesn't even say goodbye. Just drops it in. Yeah, doesn't it. even look at him. No, no, walks away. Yeah, brutal. And isn't funny? Like Kurt was. She was actually engaged to Kurt. Yeah, that was that's funny. Like, yeah. that's probably one of the few episodes where she was actually engaged. I can't think of any other episodes. Me either. Yeah. It's going to happen. Crazy. Mm. Uh, And, uh, yeah, as you mentioned, realising that in time, that time he'll be bald, Elaine returns the engagement ring to him and walks off. (laughs) Much to his his dismay. Absolute dick move. Oh, uh, massive I, dick I love move. it. Yeah, it's good. It's so and, good. And, and again, Kurt is a fine example of a person who's got a great character. Mm. You know, he's got a wonderful, I guess, a career. He's a swimmer. You know, he probably earned, earned good coin and one of the core four ruined their lives. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And now he's got a criminal record. Mm. Scary. But do you think she actually, um, I don't know, kind of made his life a bit better because he, he wasn't living in, in, in uh, I guess, denial or deceit? anymore as in when he was bald yeah like she revealed that he's actually bald yeah and now he's got to get real about his life yeah yeah, yeah. he's got to reset his expectations that, that was the plan and then yeah. suddenly he got arrested and he got a f- frustrated actually and that's true i didn't even think about the arrest yeah yeah, no, yeah. That's a good point. and that was it and that ruined him yeah if he didn't punch the uh, police officer yeah and instead of trying to you know take some responsibility or you know make it a bit easier on him she just drops a ring in a thing and that's it pings off things off well at least he got to keep the ring at least she didn't keep it that's true sell it off or something yeah that's true other secondaries include morty and helen seinfeld who uh, send jerry a 50 dollar check <laughs> After Leo informs them of his bounce check, as well as the prison warden Betsy, played by Catherine Justin. Uh, also appearing are Detective Danner, Paul Perry, and Detective Udowitz, Al White, who make the arrests, and Bobby the prison guard, who you mentioned before. He's played by Ray Proskia. Proskia. That's right. Yes. Bit of trivia about the episode, Stephen. What do you have? Uh, I have two bits of trivia. Nice. So, uh, to start off with... Um, there is a deleted scene from the episode um, and it actually shows Jerry and Elaine walking down the streets of New York talking about the difference between a man who's bald and a man who acts bald Okay. Uh, and also a man with no hair. Apparently <laughs> they're three things. Yes. Um, I couldn't think of what they would be in terms of you know their discussion but uh, it makes sense that they would, discuss, they would discuss something so mundane. Of course, because it's the minutiae of... That's you know, it. Of the minutiae of baldness. Of baldness. The minutiae yeah. of hair. <laughs> the minutiae, you know, there's already a minutiae of hair on the head anyway. That's so, true. You know, let's talk about baldness. That's, that's true. A, that's a minutiae. Minutiae of hair. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> what have you got? Oh, okay. Uh, you can see the full name Tom's Restaurant in this episode. Usually they cut out, you know, Tom's where, where Monks is. Oh. So you see the full Tom's Restaurant. Okay. Yeah. 
Right. Obviously a mistake. I don't know. Probably. Okay. Like I said, they usually cut out the toms. Because it's supposed to be monks. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Must have just been a a mistake in in post-production. Yeah, probably. Oh, well. (laughs) Okay. There you go. Uh, My second bit of trivia. So, after the New York Mets reliever, uh, his name's Frank Francisco. Oh, yeah. Oh, Um, I've heard this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He apparently made comments about the New York Yankees being chickens. Uh, (laughs) I love this story. Yeah. Yeah. And Francisco's teammate, Tom Beardak, I think it is, or Biodak, he proceeded to buy an actual chicken and act like the Yankees sent it to the Mets clubhouse. (laughs) Uh, The chicken was welcome into the Mets clubhouse and Beardak named it Little Jerry Seinfeld. Very nice. Yeah. That's great. I read that and I was like, oh. Yeah. I knew you'd probably have it, so I thought, no, I'm not going to have it. Yeah. Yeah, Obviously inspired by the episode. Um, And uh, after... I don't know after after some point I don't know at what point they decided but it was actually uh, put into an animal sanctuary which is nice nice yeah cool so, there you go you have some other trivia too uh, yeah I do well I'm glad put it this way I'm glad little Jerry Seinfeld wasn't made into someone's meal that's true you know? or he wasn't killed in a cockfight <laughs> yeah you know? or maybe they did <laughs> maybe they got maybe they got animal secret, uh, illegal sanctuary cockfighting. yeah yeah <laughs> doesn't sanctuary mean the, play, the players are betting against their own team but yeah. they're winning so they have to you know pay their debts to their to their bookies with legal cockfights <laughs> from their, from <laughs> their chicken mascots that's how you, as you do yeah as you do yeah um, and this is one of five episodes where Kramer says the word yes uh, the other four episodes, because he usually says like "yeah," "yeah," okay. "yeah," you know. He says other words besides "yeah." Variations yes. of "yes." yes. Okay, That's right. The other four episodes are season three's "The Subway" when he's in the betting agency. Mm. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, season five, season five's "The Puffy Shirt" and "The Sniffing Accountant," and another season eight episode, "The English Patient." Okay. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, forgot about that episode. Yeah. That's one of those Seinfeld episodes that you know about. The English Patient. Yeah, 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 yeah. You never think about Mandelbaum, Mandelbaum, Mandelbaum. Mm, mm, mm. Isn't that one too? A uh, bit about cockfighting, Stephen. I got a few notes about it. So, in case you're wondering what that is, no, it's nothing that you'll see late on a Saturday night. Uh, you know what you used to watch on SBS. You know, used to have those erotic. You know, movies and stuff. I never saw cocks. No, me either. Actually, mostly just breasts. Mostly breasts. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Was that your like bad French? Yes, and then <laughs> with, the kit just comes off. Like you don't even know why they've got their breasts out, but you're like, I'm 12 and going through puberty, and I'm not complaining. And plus, it's France. Yeah, <laughs> it's normal over that's there. Tr- that's true. <laughs> they walk around topless. We cheese and we smoke cigarettes and we have our breasts out. That yeah. was a terrible French. Uh, For any French listeners, I apologize. I think we have a couple actually. I yeah. checked. Yeah. <laughs> For any French listeners, I apologize. Yes, merci, repeatedly. Merci. Yeah. So cockfighting, it's a it's a blood sport, obviously, between two game cocks or roosters uh, held in a ring called a cockpit. <laughs> Work that one out. There you go. There you go. So they don't actually fly planes. <laughs> you mean they don't wear helmets and have little gloves? <laughs> Kramer. <laughs> you thought cockfighting is like a boxing, an amateur boxing match. That little boxing gloves. <laughs> just that image is so cute. I know. Tiny I know. little chicken. I don't know where they put them I mean they've got they don't even have fingers no they have freaking <laughs> wings I guess you could put them on feet maybe because they do use their feet well they I do mean, they, they, actually... they flap and then they mm. scratch with their feet yeah and what they do is actually put spurs on the feet yeah yeah. so they actually brutal. scratch and they cause a lot of damage almost they... as brutal as Elaine's uh, ring drop at the oh, end of this oh almost, almost almost well luckily they didn't have spurs in this episode yeah um, and did you know Stephen breeding game cocks goes as far back as 6,000 years ago it's one of the uh, cockfighting notes that I have yes and it's now illegal in all states of the United States it's uh, basically illegal everywhere it is now yes yep. and uh, in 2007 Louisiana was the last uh, American state to ban it, effective from August the, the following year. I don't know much about the history or anything about the history of cockfighting, bar what we've just listened uh, to you say. Mm. But 
2007 in the history of what is known to be a really, you know, illegal and sort of underground sport seems so recent. Yeah. Like you think yeah, it would it have, you know, the last state to ban it would have been, you know, in 1846 or something. Yeah. It's like you homosexuality know. was legalized in 2015. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. When you think about it in terms of actual time elapsed since <laughs> yeah. that, you're like, really? Oh, yeah. Wow. Buggery was not a crime anymore. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, what? Okay, yeah, it just seems fine. so recent in in the history of you know what's always been a, a, a you know controversial and and horrible and cruel sport. It's, yes, I don't know. And we finished executing witches in two thousand eight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was the final year. We threw the last one in the lake. You know, just should. last week. Yeah, finally, and she didn't float. So she didn't float. So uh, she's a witch. She's a witch. Yeah. Um, and uh, gamecocks possess. Um, so in case you're wondering, um, you know, because uh, roosters are actually quite aggressive uh, in nature. Uh, uh, roosters actually possess uh, congenital aggression towards all males of the same species. There you go. So they're actually naturally aggressive towards each other. Mm. So it doesn't take much for them to fight. Yeah. They see each other and they'll go at it. Yeah. Just na- it's out of instinct. Hmm. Not just fight. Hmm. So work that one out. Yeah. yeah. Well, someone did and then they turned it into a horrible and cruel sport. Indeed. And in Australia, cockfighting and possession of cockfighting uh, is illegal. Or cockfighting equipment, I should say. Completely illegal. illegal. Yes. Yep. Indeed. Are those spurs for, for roosters? No, no. They're for my model cowboy collection. <laughs> yeah. That's that it. my chickens wear. <laughs> for some reason. Yeah, I call this one John Rooster Wayne. Yes. <laughs> I couldn't think of a better name. <laughs> Why would they be a cowboy? I don't know. I don't want to be a cowboy. <laughs> I don't want to be a cockfighter. I don't want to be a secondary character. Imagine if Jerry said that. They should have, like, uh, you know, oh, yeah. put some put some like words over him, like what what he would be thinking. Like, I don't want to be a cockfighter. Yeah, and you know, one funny thing in the episode where Jerry becomes a bootlegger. Mm. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. He's a bootlegger. This is actually another episode where he's coerced into being part of an illegal activity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true, actually. It's, yeah. What episode is it where he becomes oh, a bootlegger? We did it last year. Was that the gum? No. no it's not the gum. Oh, shit. That's got a cinema in it, but it's it not does. this one. I forgot. Oh, man. Oh, I can't think at the moment. Yeah, we did I bet, you, I bet you after we record, we'll just, I'll just be like, oh, we did it's that one. We did it last year. We did. We yeah. did. We yeah. did. Ah, it's right. Oh, well. Um, anyway, should we talk about some secondaries? Yes, we should. Cool. Let's start with Kurt. Sounds good. Played by John Michael Higgins. He's known for appearing in the Pitch Perfect trilogy, uh, as well as Blade Trinity, Best in Show, and the eight-part TV series Tween Fest. Uh, oh. Yes? No, no, go oh, on. Oh, I was going to say, I thought you were, I was like, what? No. I thought you were going to say something. Like, oh, yeah, by the way. Um, he actually, for Tween Fest, he won an Emmy Award in 2017 for Outstanding Actor in a Short Form Comedy or Drama Series. Okay. And Steve and I actually stumbled across this, and I'm surprised we haven't kept tallies of this yet. He was also in the TV series Weird Science. Yeah, that kind of fell by the wayside pretty quickly. Uh, yeah, it did. I think after a couple of weeks of no credits, we kind of forgot about <laughs> well, it. Oh, done. But and actually, we'll... he was in the in the show. Okay. And he played Timidius in one episode. Right. Yes. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to restart that tally, but good no. on you. I'm still, you still get a salute from me. Yeah, I thought I'd throw yeah. that in there anyway. Uh, I did want to add as well, I thought this is a cool credit. So, like a lot of shows that work in England and Australia, there's always a, uh, an attempted American version. And uh, maybe Tim... 10 years ago they tried to do an American version of Kath and Kim oh yeah and it was total Kimmy look at me it was total look at me Kimmy Kimmy look into my eyes Kimmy oh is that what they say no (laughs) I just made that up look into my goddamn eyes yeah um yeah, and he actually starred uh, in the in the Americanization of Kath and Kim. Oh, as nice. Who was the guy? I know it's Glenn Robbins. Character. Glenn Robbins. Oh, I can't right. remember his name. Was it Keith? No, Keith? Uh, it was some like I think it was Aussie Keith. Keith, Keith, Keith or like Keith. Ken or someone. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. Right, right. Yeah, so he was him. He was, in the oh, American he was Glenn version. Robbins' character. Yeah, oh, that's nice, right. Nice. Yeah. Oh, cool. So, what do you think about Kurt? 
I like him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's really good. Good character. And probably one of the best, probably one of the better boyfriends that Elaine's had. Yeah. You know, he's obviously very athletic looking. He you know, mm-hmm. shaves his head. Obviously, he needs the aerodynamics when he's going through the pool. Yeah. You know, he's got to. I imagine him to be a good swimmer. Not oh, only, he'd be really good. You know, he obviously takes it seriously enough to, to shave his head. And he's quite is, athletic too. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he's tall as well. He's quite fit. And also, they said that he's from the future. Well, he loves, you know, free range stuff. <laughs> Yeah. Which is like the future. Yeah, that's he true. He probably eats organic food. Probably. You know, stuff which in the late 90s was like weird. Yeah. Now bit, now it's just normal. It's like yeah, ubiquitous. That's yeah. that's true. Yeah. He's stealing my word. Yes. Ubiquitous. <laughs> ubiquitous. Last year, uh, sorry, last year, last season, a uh, friend of the podcast, Off Air, actually made a comment that I use that word too much. Ubiquitous. 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 And um, now you're stealing it. So. Oh, yeah. It's mine yeah. now. So okay. your mate can get angry at me now. Cool. I'll just think, <laughs> of, I'll just think of another word. <laughs> nice. Our mate, Stacey. Oh, yeah. She made that comment. Oh, she did. Hey, yeah. Stacey. How you doing? You'll probably see her again in our next What's the Deal yeah. with episode if she, she can come in. Yeah. Her, so. um, her presence is ubiquitous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I had to. I yeah, had to. <laughs> That's the last time I'll use that word. I'm I'll going out like, on top. I'll be like, hey, Stacey, you look yeah. so ubiquitous today. How you doing? <laughs> Just use it as an adjective. It's like, um, yeah. yeah, no. Yeah, no. Yeah, he's definitely a bit ahead of his time. He Not is, from yeah. the future, but definitely future thinking or oh, forward he thinking. Is, yes. um, and the fact that he not only eats uh, free-range eggs, but he's so upfront about it he goes no 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 i only eat free range he's very proud of it he is so i think he's you know in some ways an ethically minded person i think he comes across as quite a decent decent guy you know do you think he's veg maybe yeah uh i don't know or do you reckon he'd become vegan or vegetarian if he was around in the modern day probably yeah i could i could see that yeah yeah he'd probably be the kind of guy who'd go to farmers markets yeah and get i could definitely see him that in the in the scene in uh, monks where you you first meet him He's quite well dressed, and yes. he and he refers to an office. So I'm guessing he's some sort of professional. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't quite get which one he might. No, have there were that. no there were no obvious signs as to what he did. Like even in even in the apartment or what he was wearing later or any references at all. So, you know, some sort of white collar professional. Yeah, I'm guessing. Yeah, um, he's obviously really confident as well, but very, not in like an arrogant sort of way. He kind of knows he's, what he wants. Yeah, he's just yeah. very self assured. Yeah, and. Um, yeah. He's got I, everything going for him. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Except uh, hair. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With, oh, my God. I think I'm going bald. <laughs> and the scene just cuts. <laughs> yeah. So good. It's uh, obviously, I think... Very well played by uh, John Michael Higgins. Yeah. No, really well yeah. acted. Really yeah, good. Really well played. Yeah, understated, you know, not too too flashy, but yeah, really good casting. I yeah, think. very good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of his confidence is based on his image. I think he knows he's tall. I think he knows he's quite confident. Um, and, uh, you know, probably when he had long hair, because Elaine's obviously... You never see his long hair. No, you But don't. Elaine's obviously quite uh, quite impressed with it. Oh, it's brown. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you mean I could be dating this hair with you underneath it? <laughs> you I'll actually have to add that in so, <laughs> yeah. that, so that he's not too insulted. I know. Um, but I think a lot of his confidence is based on his on his self-image and what people have probably told him about himself. Yeah. You know, the fact that he's quite attractive. Because as soon as he realizes he's going bald, he doesn't... Fair enough if, if it's a bit of an adjustment or you you might have a hard time dealing with it. Yeah. But he just falls apart. <laughs> you know, he becomes depressed. He does. And he goes to jail. Like, he just... Within a week yeah. or, you know, probably less than a week. His life just falls apart. His life apart. just falls apart. Yeah. And it all stems from the fact that he discovers he's going bald. Oh, yeah. So, I think his confidence is 
wrapped up in in his in his own self image <laughs> and his confidence. So you know, and when he doesn't have that anymore, it's all you know, everything just falls apart. So it does his life, and again, the core four is involved, or one of the core four is involved in destroying his life. Yeah, <laughs> I think he sees it almost as a catastrophe because he he makes a snap decision to ask Elaine to marry him, even though George convinces him that his life's going to change and he needs to make the most of it. Yeah, you know, that's an irrational thought, even if you are losing your hair and you had you know a wonderful mane that's a pretty pretty uh i don't know pretty severe reaction mm. so i think um yeah i think you know it's a it's more than just a, a a change of identity or a lack of uh confidence going forward i think it's a major personal catastrophe yeah of course it you is know, a major crisis and plus you know boldness affects a lot of people mentally yeah, as well definitely you yeah know, you don't feel as confident anymore no you know? no i think like it would yourself. be harder in this situation too if you sort of discover it suddenly you know if he kept his hair if he didn't shave it for his swim team and he just noticed it you know if it happens slowly you can adjust slowly like I'm, my hair's thinning out a bit you know yeah. I've got a bit of a tiny bit of a receding hairline do you check to see if you have like a horseshoe no like <laughs> horseshoe shape <laughs> yeah horseshoe oh, yes there's a horseshoe shape yeah I need a, I need a balder man to, to look down on me and you know <laughs> yeah. and, and, and assess my uh, assess my damage well, assess my nice, progress I got a nice head of hair so that won't be me <laughs> oh well you're four years younger than me so you know five years so talk to me then no four years four years I'm 30 you're 30 now and you're 34 years young that's right doing right yeah so yeah Kurt uh, really liked him I liked character. him too yeah, yeah yeah. no I think he's a good boyfriend and he's funny he's sort of um, the first part before he realises he's going bald he's not that funny he's just this you know cool boyfriend of Elaine's and, yeah you know and then when he loses his hair that's when the sort of comedic element of his character that's right. comes in and then he turns into George yeah essentially he, he literally does yeah he does he, he turns he, yeah that's he's almost like the anti-George yeah, and then he becomes yeah. George he becomes George you know yeah. he's like tall successful confident you know seemingly really and he's decent. wearing glasses doesn't he wear glasses no no does he wear glasses? I thought he did no no okay yeah he's like the anti-George he's like ethically minded <laughs> yeah, yeah you know confident outgoing tall and then uh, as soon as he loses his hair... Now I'm thinking, what would George be like if he had hair? Do you think he would be more like her? Well, he had a wig. Remember, he had That's the wig true. and he was all confident. And then but Elaine w- grabs it and says, I don't like this. But that wasn't the sort of confidence that you want to be around. That was that smug, smug like, arrogance, oh, yeah. smarmy confidence yeah, yeah, of just yeah. like, oh. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So Kurt is the anti-George. That's our conclusion. That is the anti-George. And then he becomes George. And he becomes the anti-Christ <laughs> by punching the cop. That's right. There you go. <laughs> Let's take a quick break and uh, we'll come back and talk about some more secondary characters, huh? Sounds good. Thank Again, I'm really sorry about the check, Marcelino. People seem to like the club. <laughs> Look, let me just give you the 40 plus another 20 for your trouble. Okay. Aren't you going to take the check down? Sorry, no. It's store policy. <laughs> but it's your bodega. Even I am not about the policy. Welcome back. This week we are talking about The Little Jerry. And so far we've given you a bit of an episode synopsis and we've talked about arguably the main secondary character of the show. Yeah, Little Jerry Seinfeld. Little no. <laughs> no, we haven't. Little Kurt Seinfeld. Little, little Kurt. Kurt little, little Kurt Costanza. Yes, yeah. exactly right. Exactly. Well, tall Kurt Costanza, <laughs> really. We, yeah, and we mentioned before he's the anti-George. <laughs> he is the anti-George. So good, so yeah, good. Or he was the anti-George. Now he is the, the twin George. Yes. Now let's talk about George. Speaking of George, let's talk about his girlfriend. 
in yes. prison. Celia Morgan. Yes, played by Andrea Benderwald. Uh, she's known for being in 48 episodes of 90s sitcom Suddenly Susan. Underrated show. Yes, she played the character Maddie Piper. Yep. And she was in the films One Night at McCool's and Employee of the Month. She also acted in some other really good sitcoms too. She was a uh, semi-regular guest in Ellen, oh, her yes. sitcom in the 90s yeah. before her current talk that's show. That's when Ellen came out. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. right. Um, and she has also acted in Entourage. Ah, very cool. Yeah. She's had a good career. She has. She's done right. Yeah. yeah. Not many 90s sitcom actors became good or successful or well-known noughties or, or tens uh, sitcom actors, but to go from Ellen and suddenly Susan, very 90s, yeah. to Entourage, which is very, you know... 2000s. Sort of 2000s. Late 2000s. And to do it well. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, not a, that's not a common thing, so... Yeah, good for her. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, so obviously with Celia, she works as a prison librarian. That's right. So obviously she loves... She either loves books mm. or she was a librarian on the outside. Yeah. Or, you know, it was probably something she fell into. Okay. You know, she want to turn over a new leaf and she wanted to you know do like a job you yeah. know every most prisoners have like a job that yeah. they got to do they only yep. get like what a dollar a day or something and two dollars a day yeah and I think Is in that I imagine I don't know I've never been to prison and I don't think I know anyone who has and I hope you never do no um, <laughs> maybe for terrible puns I'll go to jail <laughs> oh, yeah. maybe probably <laughs> if I'm guilty of anything it's those um, uh, sexual assault where's the pepper <laughs> oh, no. no. Straight to jail. Straight to jail. No. I'll see you there, Cosby. <laughs> oh, no. Anyway. Um, keeping it. it. Banana, banana, banana. Moving the fuck on. Uh, yeah, please. <laughs> uh, it reminded me of uh, Shawshank Redemption. You know, I where did, um, yes. uh, Andy, uh, you know, embezzles money. He does, yes. In exchange for... for you know, for basically benefits. Because she, she got charged with embezzlement. And That's right. And so, Kramer's like, oh, she sounds like a nice girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of her crime uh, of embezzlement, I think she's guilty of more. I don't think she was just a one-off embezzler and she got caught. I think she's a career criminal. You think so? Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, to escape from prison requires a lot of... Uh, a lot of know-how, a True. lot of technical skill. Unless she, unless she befriended someone on the inside. Yeah, that's around. that's a possibility. Yeah. But I'm working on the assumption that she escaped mm-hmm. or she masterminded an escape. And I don't think it was a, a, a like a, a planned thing. I think it was just spur of the moment. Um, and to me, that demonstrates a, a level of intelligence, craftiness, okay. and sort of criminal-mindedness to even think about doing that, especially yeah. when you're so close to parole, yeah. even though she just got knocked back. Now that I think about it, this has so many similarities to the Shawshank Redemption. The Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> and do you know one thing that, that she reminded me of as, as well? Mm. She reminded me of Piper from Orange is the New Black. Yes. So she gets done, I think, for... Uh, was it? Well, she she gets done. She gets done. For she gets named in a testimony or yeah, like a yeah, witness statement. That's right for, 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 for drugs, drug trafficking. Drug trafficking. Yeah, that's but right. But like ten years later, her ex girlfriend was like a drug trafficker. That's right. Yeah, and she yeah. was a drug mule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they break up, and her life's changed. And it's funny because she's mm. blonde and thin, and she kind of reminded yeah. me of Piper from Orange Is the New Black. Okay, so if if so, it's either a case of she's a career criminal, or in she made a mistake, like or Piper. she made a mistake, yeah, yeah. and she just got caught up in the wrong crowd. Yeah, or, and she was like a high flying accountant, um, or you know whatever Piper was in the show. Like she was a high flying yeah. executive. I don't know. I don't know what she did. Well, I don't think she was a like a business. I think she was very successful very after successful. her yeah, yeah. after her drug trafficking. Yeah, um, she definitely moved on from that life and become and had become more sort of just normal, quote yeah. unquote, yeah, or boring. Um, and then, you know, basically her past caught up with her. That's right. Yeah, no, that's another possibility, actually. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, that's true. I didn't think of that. But yeah, so she's either a career criminal or uh, she yeah, made she's a either one of the other. One of the other. I don't think she's just a casual criminal. No, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, um, I also think again working on my idea of the fact that she's quite crafty and a bit more of a career criminal than you would okay. think. Yeah, I think she's trying to con George. I think she 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 uh, locks onto the fact that George is really attracted to her. Yeah, because when she escapes, she turns up she to goes George's to house. Oh, the drop in. Yeah, and <laughs> how, ah, the old breakout drop in. <laughs> yeah, and one, how would she know where he lives unless she's done a bit of stalking? Maybe unless you know she's figured it out or yeah. stolen his wallet or something because yeah. why would he tell her exactly. like he would have no need to tell her like oh so I could under, I could I could see him having a conversation with her in the prison yard yeah you're like oh so where do you live I live in this part of New York okay cool he would never give her his address what's the point so then he could be robbed yeah or, or, or whatever so I think um, you know I think she obtained his address illegally whether you know mm-hmm. she nicked his wallet or something I don't know and all those little things make me think that um, you know she was pulling a bit of a long con on George yeah you know that she either by escape or by parole when she escaped she was going to shack up with George and then maybe rob him so do you or think, embezzle his money so do you think George's parole testimony even though he was making it up was actually real yeah I think oh, so she's very crafty yeah. she has a lot of plans she's going to meet up with she yeah, he was trying the to, old gang he was trying to sabotage her parole and this is what she actually does yeah I think so I think so <laughs> so he's made it up yeah and the yeah. warden and the warden and you know the parole board probably just aren't aware of it yeah yeah you know they just think she's done that one crime <laughs> crazy yep crazy yeah so she actually in, in in this scenario in my head where she pulls a bit of a long con on George she kind of reminded me in a way of the uh, the train woman that George meets in the uh, subway oh yeah the you know. con lady <laughs> <laughs> you know and George just gets sucked in because he thinks that they're going to have sex eight dollars I spend the afternoon with you for eight dollars eight dollars <laughs> I don't know I could just I, I don't know I don't I don't think um, Celia would leave George tied up half naked I don't think so but I could see him like coming home and, and then all whole, his stuff's his whole, gone his whole stuff's gone yeah. all of his stuff's gone like even even like the coat hangers of like course. she just cleans him out yeah, <laughs> literally cleans him out. I don't know. I don't know. But again, no. that's working on the assumption that she's more than just a one-off embezzler. Yeah, indeed. Okay, well, she's a career criminal. Yeah. Do you have anything else? I'm not about I, Did I just completely like bulldoze you on Celia? No, you did just fine. Okay. Yeah, you cleaned me out. <laughs> I did. You just dropped in. I embezzled your opportunity you did. To, um, to talk about Celia. Very ubiquitous, <laughs> Stacey and Stephen. <laughs> Very ubiquitous. <laughs> Um, so Marcelino Yes Played by Miguel Sandoval Known for being in 130 episodes of the TV drama Medium uh, As well as the film Clear and Present Danger mm, With Harrison mm, Ford mm. So yes He's yep. the uh, head of Or not the Head the owner of the Bodega Or the convenience store Bodega yeah Yes and he runs a secret Illegal cockfighting ring Yeah mm. So he um, Little Jerry fights the big You know the one that looks like a dog With a glove on its head The one The one that's flown in from Ecuador <laughs> They're flown in from Ecuador 68-0 He's yep. a ringer <laughs> It's like a dog with a glove on a its head A dog with a glove on its head And then I imagine a dog with a glove on its head And I'm like Yeah it kind of looks like yeah, a big it's, rooster It's a big rooster <laughs> Massive It's like a foghorn Yeah It's a foghorn rooster That's true yeah, I see I see But that's what actually is a foghorn it's oh, like right. white with a. I think it's a foghorn. Ah. That's why it's called foghorn leghorn. Right. Quite sure. There you go. But they're but they're massive. Okay. Freaking chickens. Um. So Marcelino, do you think he is from Ecuador? Because um, he flew the rooster in from Ecuador. Well, or he's I, from I, a South American country. I think he's Latino. Latino whether it's yeah. Central American or South American or mm-hmm. maybe even Mexican. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um. Yeah. He's he's obviously from a Latino country. Yeah. Um. Couldn't tell you. Which I looked okay. up Marcelino as a name. You know, yeah. maybe it's unique to a country, and it seems to be quite. Ubiquitous okay. be, across, oh, across Latino countries. Oh, <laughs> um, Stacey's going to not hate this. She's yeah. going to hate it. <laughs> Next time I see her, she's going to punch me. She probably will. 
yeah. And she'll slap me too, probably. Just to be sure. Because sure. I'm an accomplice. <laughs> um, no, but I figured because uh, Kramer says he got flown in from Ecuador, I yeah. thought I was probably Ecuadorian. That would make sense. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's just based on the, the idea that, well, that's based on the fact that the chicken came from there. So, yeah. yeah. And he does have like a Latino accent. And, yeah. Uh, no, his name he is, is, his, the actor's name is Miguel Sandoval. He is so. undoubtedly Latino. Yeah. But we can only assume he's Ecuadorian based on the fact that his, uh, his prize rooster is from there. Yes. Not yeah. even I am above the policy. Not even I am above the policy. <laughs> I got the idea, I got the sense that maybe he skirts around more than cockfighting as well like maybe he oh, sort of he operates in, in like or something no not nothing as hardcore as drugs just more like low-level gambling maybe oh, or like you know just like bodega just, could be a front maybe yeah like a bit of a cash a operation because yeah. he has the cockfighting downstairs yep. in the basement so. yeah 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 i think so i don't think it's just cockfighting that he is involved in i think he's maybe like a low-level gangster or affiliated like yeah. adjacent to gangsters um, I think so too. I think he's involved in illegal activity. Yeah. Like, well, he is obviously. Yeah. But I think he's involved with criminals. Yep. Yeah. 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 He is. But I don't think he's like you know the head or even like a captain of a criminal syndicate. I think it's more of just an associate or just off to the side and, of it. And he uses the bodega as a front. He yeah. probably offer protection money to the gangs. Yeah. And they just go to come and do their business. Yeah. Drugs yep. or whatever, whatever. Yeah. They're like, oh, I don't see anything. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think a you know a true crime boss or even a captain of a crew or something like that yeah. would lower themselves to run a bodega full time. So I think he's low level based on the fact that he has to he has have an a normal job with the, with the gangs. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Of course. Yeah, and he sells juicy fruit for eighty nine cents. That's, that's outrageous. That's outrageous. <laughs> I was my note was he has uh, overpriced gum. He does. There you go. Maybe he just picks prices depending on the people. Mm. Maybe the first guy he charged fifty cents, and now Jerry's eighty nine cents. Maybe his prices go up depending on how his cockfighting's going. If he's making a lot of money, he doesn't put his prices up. If he needs, <laughs> if he needs to, you know, to pay his gangster. Mates, the illegal you know, to stuff. get a bit more money, you know, if he's losing money, he needs to charge a bit more on small items. Yeah, to you know, because the gangsters want their payment every day of the same week. They don't care. So how the cockfighters, the cockfighting subsidizes his income. Yep, and then the <laughs> gum, costs. and then the gum, co- you know, the gum uh, subsidizes his cockfighting losses. Man, Jerry should have given him like some of that Chinese gum. Yeah, he's got a whole fucking box of it. <laughs> oh, he had. Yeah, he paid a hundred bucks for it. Probably right. sell it for like a thousand. If he yeah, did. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think Marcelino is a. I think he's gangster adjacent. Gang- I wouldn't yeah. say he is gangster, yeah. but yeah. He, I mean he's definitely a criminal. But but, yeah. um, but, but if he went on of, the wrong, yeah. he skirts on the edges of, yeah. of of organized crime. But if he went on the wrong side of the gangs, they'd probably rough him up or yeah. do something worse yeah. to him. Yeah. yeah, I think he's done some pretty pretty horrible shit, or at least witnessed um, or not talked about some horrible shit. But I don't think he's a he's a full full you know gangster yeah. criminal hard ass guy. And I would say that he was either coerced or forced into doing cockfighting in his bodega. Okay. But he seems quite confident about. it. He's like, oh, we do cockfighting. Mm. He seems pretty you okay, know, pretty confident about it. So I don't think he was forced. Right. You know, sometimes gangs say, oh, you know, we'll, we won't kill you or burn your store down if we can do this here. Mm. Mm. So it's not like he was forced into it. I think he, yeah, I think he's just he's affiliated with the gang. Okay. Yeah. Right, but yeah. he but he obviously has a cockfighting history back in Ecuador. He does. So well, he's, he's got a sixty-eight-zero. That's what I mean. Yeah. So if he was coerced into it, yeah, does no. that mean he left it behind in Ecuador and now and he's now being he's coerced back. back into it? No, I think he's always been into it. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's just a theory. I put no, 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 yeah, no, no. Yeah. I think it's fair. Yeah. Um, I guess it just doesn't make sense lining up with the 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 history of the chicken. Yeah, of course. Yeah. 
Do you have anything else against against about against? Oh, Marcelino is bad. Marcelino. No, no, I like his character. I liked his character yeah, too. Yeah, he was good. He was a bit. He was very season eighty. A bit like season eight. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a bit unrealistic. Yeah, but um, yeah, no, he's cartoonish. Good. Yeah, exactly. He was he like was, a cartoon villain. He was exactly. Yeah, he yeah. Was. He was like Dick Dastardly from The Wacky Races or something. No. Yes. Exactly. I could see him like stroking his mustache. Mutley. Yes. That's ex- <laughs> he's a cartoon villain. He's a cartoon exactly villain. Right. He's like a caricature, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything about Betsy? No, but go ahead. So okay, I've just got a couple of things. Yeah, so she's only in a couple of scenes. So yep. Betsy is the prison warden. That's right. Um, she doesn't like being called warden. No. She corrects George very insistently. It's Betsy. Uh, she's played by Catherine Houston, or Houston, uh, who unfortunately passed away in 2012. Huh. Yeah, so she died at the age of 73. Um, she was a pretty well-regarded and pretty prolific American actress. I don't have any credits in front of me, um, but yeah, I do remember her filmography and TVography being quite quite um, extensive. Yes. Yep. So obviously she's a warden of the prison. Um, I think she's quite a caring and thoughtful warden. Yeah. Um, she's I not th- ruthless like the one in Shawshank Redemption. No, no, no. I mean, her character doesn't need to be, or her job doesn't need to be. I mean, it's a low-level, low-security um, you know, probably non-serious white-collar sort of uh, um, prison. Yeah. But um, I think she takes an active interest. She's like one of those really good principals who sort of knows what a lot of her students are like. Yeah, and but what she they knows do. all the prisoners. Yeah, yeah, I think she would know a lot of them by name, yeah. especially the longer-term prisoners. Yeah. Um, and she would take a keen interest in their, in their rehabilitation. Um, you know, I see her as quite a socially-minded warden. Um, and that's all I had about her. I yeah. just think she's a very kind, considerate warden, and she doesn't see her job as a point of authority, more of just like a guidepost or, you know, someone to, you know, a, a, a help, if you like. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Um, obviously, we have to make mention of Bobby, who's the guard who... Um, who takes away all the the packaging. That's right. Thank yep. you, Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> and he befriends George, kind of, because George and him know each other by name. He's yeah, like, thanks, Bobby. He's like, thanks, Bobby. Yeah. Yep. I just had that he's a lovely guy. Yeah. Um, and the final two, uh, well, the final two humans are the two detectives. So we've got Detective Danner and Detective Udowitz, played respectively by Paul John Perry. Um, he's a Canadian-American actor. Um, he is credited for a bunch of stuff I have no idea about. Okay. And uh, Udowitz is played by Alan White or Al White. Um, and he is credited for three excellent movies. Oh, which ones? <laughs> Airplane. Oh, yes. <laughs> Airplane 2. Oh, lovely. And Back to the Future 2. Lovely. <laughs> Very oh, lovely. Awesome. Very happy about that. Don't have awesome. anything about their characters. Yeah. But I wanted to mention purely for the fact of Airplane. <laughs> yeah. Airplane 2. Yes. And Back to the Future 2. In Australia, it's called Flying High. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I've actually got it on DVD. Oh, it's such a good movie. <laughs> it's it's an underrated comedy. It's great. It's yeah. Fantastic. Leslie like, Nielsen. Oh, perfect. It's fantastic. You know, no, like, that was the movie that turned him into a spoof actor. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. I mean, people you know, people regard um, Blazing Saddles as like the, the peak spoof comedy of the 70s and 80s. Nah. I would put Flying High just as high, or in airplane. my opinion. Yeah. Or Airplane, yeah. you know, whatever you want to call it. That's right. Um, and I guess we should talk maybe a bit about Jerry. Little uh, the little Jerry. He is technically little a secondary Jerry character. Seinfeld, yes, played by uh, Foghorn Leghorn. Leghorn. <laughs> He's known for appearing in Chicken Run. Uh, <laughs> Just like random know. chicken things. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And is there a chicken in Bay? And also my KFC meal last night. Oh, <laughs> oh no! Just kidding. Sorry, vegans, Stephen. <laughs> it's okay. We did talk quite descriptively about cockfighting, so we did. Yeah, we it's did. all good. Yes. Um, the only thing that I had about him was that he loves the morning. I think he's an early riser. You know, I could see him in like a chicken, like a Rocky montage. Yeah, yeah. You know, where he's got like the grey grey sweats on and he's like punching. Yeah, you he's know. punching the boxing pads. Yeah, he's punching the boxing pads. But what is, um, 
what is uh, Rocky Punch? He punches like a big carcass. Yeah, you know, big, in, like, big the, carcass, in the cold yeah. room is like punching. And I think him. Little Jerry's a very enigmatic rooster. Yeah, you know, he's just really he's he's got a heart of gold. Mm. You know, and uh, yep. I think he he fights with honor. Yep, he's not a dirty fighter. No, like if his opponent's on the ground, he won't finish him off. Yep. Just... he's the only he's the only clean fighter in a um in a dirty industry. Yes, in a dirty sport. Yeah, so I rate Little Jerry. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, yeah, but he had to die. What? What does he die? No, he doesn't die. No. No, what happens is Kramer saves him, oh, but then right. the Ecuadorian rooster keeps pecking at him. That's right. Now he pecks Kramer, not not little Jerry. Oh, yeah. yeah. I forgot about that. I think little Jerry will say he survived. Yeah, I yeah. think so. But I think he retired after this. I think that was enough. He had enough. He's like, you know. He's I'm, like, I'm going bald. I'm losing feathers. I've got the horseshoe shape. I've got 10 months. <laughs> yep. Then he goes to chicken jail. Chicken jail. <laughs> For assaulting a chicken police officer. <laughs> All right, this is getting ridiculous. Uh, oh, good um, well he was a secondary character so that's true one of the only animal ones we've done that's true yeah. who else have we done we've done uh parrot. We, we've done fredo the parrot fredo from the, the strong box actually and episode one of last season that's right funnily enough yes uh we haven't done far the dog yet no we will i think we're doing the dog this season i think so I think it's in there yeah. yeah you picked it yeah it's yeah. later on the season it's coming up yeah it's coming up um wait, we've done another animal character uh, I forgot. I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't matter at this <laughs> yeah, point. Whatever. That's all the secondary characters for the season four premiere. But I don't want to be a secondary character. Indeed. And uh, let's talk about where the little Jerry sits in our top forty-eight episodes we've reviewed so far, Stephen. So for me, uh, I, I like this episode. Okay. It's a bit wacky. You know, yeah. season eight and nine are wacky, but there's some good ones. Uh, mm. I put the little Jerry at number eighteen. Okay. And it sits in between the apartment at number 17 and the phone message at number 19. Okay. Yes. I ranked this one at number 34. Oh, all right. Yeah, yeah. lower episode. Okay. Um, it's one of those cases where the strong parts are strong and yeah. the other parts, not so much. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. No, I, re- I really liked it. It yeah. was good. Like, you know, some I say for season eight, it's good. But mm. no, overall, it's it's quite a good episode. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. It's had a lot. I know it was a bit cartoony, you yeah. know, with like Marcelino and stuff, but... You know, that's why the Bizarro Jerry's in my top ten. Yeah. You know, it's like wacky and weird, but... Yeah, great. but it works. But it works. I know there's some season eight episodes that don't quite hit, yep. but I think Little Jerry hits. Okay, for fair me. enough. For mostly hits, yeah. Yep. So uh, top 20. If you want to know our top ten episodes, we will put them in the show notes as well. Okay. Yeah, yeah might as well. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yep. Sounds good. Do any of the secondary characters appear in your top ten? No. I, a special mention, though, goes to Kurt. Okay. Uh, he would have made my top 20, but he just misses out. Okay. Just. Yep. Yeah. And our top 10 characters, again, will appear in the show notes. That's right. Yep. Yeah, we'll put them in there. Why not? That's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right, Cubber. He's in my top 10. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right, Cubber. That's right, that was Cubber. in that clip show. It was. <laughs> that's right, Cubber. That yeah. was a good, uh, a good moment. Yes. Now it's time for some listener mail. When you control the mail, you control information. So during our break between season three and season four, we got a lovely message uh, by uh, from a man by the name of Robert uh, Kirschgasner. Yes, thank you very much, Robert. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. I'm pronouncing that. Uh, if you do listen and I'm mispronouncing it, please let us know. Yes, we don't know where he's from though. So no, couldn't tell. Can't, can't so tell. this was on Facebook. Yes, um, he messaged us and uh, couldn't couldn't check out his profile to see where he was from. But uh, Robert said to us that he loved our interview with Matt McCoy. Um, and that he's wondered what it was like doing the love scenes with the gorgeous Marina Sirtis, uh or Sirtis, in the Star Trek episode I was in. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, did we ask him? No. No, no. We, we just replied thanking him for his message. And I'm sure he would have enjoyed it. Probably, yes. Yeah. Um, but he's gone on to better things ever since. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> That's right. Oh, sorry. Do you mean if we asked Matt? No, I don't think we or, did. No, did we ask Why Matt? would we ask him about one random episode of... Uh, 
Star Trek. I know Robert wants to know. No. Maybe we. If we ever do a follow up interview with Matt, we'll ask him. We'll ask him. We'll say one of our fans. Or maybe we could do like a QA. Patreon only. We can say Patreon only um, friends of Binwabas can ask us questions to ask our guests. Okay. Matt McCoy or whatever. Sounds good. Oh, that'll be fun. All right. Well, uh, if we ever do that, we'll uh, put your question forward, Robert. We will. But thank you for messaging us. It was very lovely. Yeah, and we love all the messages we get. So be sure to email us, go on social media, drop us and whatever. Just let us know. Yep. We'd love to hear from you. That's right. Comments, whatever. So Seinfeldia. Yes. Today we're recording Tuesday, June the 5th of 2018. Uh, when writer Spike Ferriston joined Seinfeld's writing team in 1995, the writer's offices were just a tiny cottage among the studio buildings. In contrast, the David Letterman show, where Ferriston worked previously, had 14 stories on Broadway in New York City. Huh. Far out. That's, That's a just lot. the writing team. Wow. Shit. Jesus Christ 14 stories God you wonder did Letterman actually do anything on the show he had everything he just, for he him he just did his dumb top 10 list top 10 reasons why like <laughs> why Seinfeld is the best show yep. yeah woohoo yeah, woohoo Paul Schaefer ladies and gentlemen yeah Paul Schaefer <laughs> yeah I only like Letterman now that he does an audience with David Letterman oh I watched it he's got a Jerry Seinfeld he does actually yeah 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 no it's actually a good show he's gone all full hipster he has he just doesn't give a fuck anymore it's kind of cool it's good um, I think he's a bit less limited by the constraints of a late night talk show. I think so too. Yeah. Uh, do you have any Seinfeldisms? Yes, I have one. I put this on Facebook and Instagram on at Bidwabask. Um, I actually walked past, I was heading back to the office from my break, went to get a coffee, came back. I looked into a window, like a car windscreen, and you know one of those air fresheners? Yep. There's an air freshener in the head or in the shape of Kramer's head. Nice. Yes. So I, I saw took that. a photo and put that up, and I put it on a couple of Seinfeld groups as well, and they yeah. loved it. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was great. No, that's that's a really good spot. Just yeah. a really good random find. It was wonderful. I like it. How about yourself? Yeah, so I've got two, um, and both, funnily enough, involve Stacey, a friend <laughs> you, and regular guest of the pod. <laughs> Ubiquitous. <laughs> that should be your uh, roller derby name. Ubiquitous. 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 Oh, I don't know. Some, no, I don't know. She's not one of those. No, no, no. Yeah. But, you know, it's like aggressive yeah, and roller derby ish. Ubiquitous. Yeah. Uh. Uh. Uh, so. This is kind of related to both of us in a way, uh, but uh, a friend of Stacy's. I don't want to reveal any personal information. Um, Let's but call him L. Simpson or something more conspicuous. Lisa, Lisa S. S. Yes, that'll do. Yes, that'll do. Uh, so a friend of Stacy's, who I actually know from the past, um, her and her partner had a child. Oh, congrats. And do you want to guess what they named that child? Seven. Nope. George. Nope. One. Keep guessing. Crap. Jerry. Nope. Kramer. Nope. Newman. Nope. <laughs> you did say it. Sorry. You didn't say it. Seven. Nope. Newman. Nope. I don't know. What is it? We, we don't have much time left. Come we have on. we have enough time. Oh God, no! I can't do this. No, no, no. You said it, but you didn't say it. What do you mean you said it? I didn't say it. It might be another name of someone's name. Another Spike. part of someone's name. Oh, new. Nope. Seven. No. Crame. <laughs> no. I don't know, dude. Seriously. You're so warm with Kramer. Cosmo. Yes. Oh, sweet. <laughs> I know. Cosmo Kramer. And it's not because of Seinfeld. Oh, not because of Seinfeld. They're just, oh, my God. They're just quirky enough to name that the kid Cosmo. That's fabulous. Have, have, they, have they been informed that Cosmo is a character? Uh, I'm sure that they're aware of it. Can they send us a photo of Cosmo? Little? No. 
Oh no, no. Oh, they're not a bit far. Okay. No, I don't think they'd feel comfortable. Oh, okay. okay. Sharing their newborn baby. Fair enough. Yeah, Fair yeah, enough. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so the second Seinfeldism. Uh, this last weekend, uh, I was with Stacy. Yeah. Um, and she told me a podcast. Uh, well, she told me about a podcast she listens to called Law L O R E. Uh huh. Um, and it's just a weekly podcast, and they talk about like folklore and myths, you know, around the world. Oh, Sorry, that's your that's, phone again. That's just my phone dropping. Yeah. Um, and a couple of weeks ago, I think she listened to uh, an episode. And they actually talked about the Jersey Devil. Oh, yes. Which uh, the, the Devil. The Devil. And this podcast talked about the Jersey Devil. And apparently it's a, uh, you know, it's obviously a myth, but uh, it inhabits the Pine Barrens, an episode of si- uh, Sopranos, uh, in southern New Jersey. Um, and it's described as a winged biped with the head of a goat. Bat wings and hooves. Yo. Yeah. So yeah. obviously that's related to uh, the devils, um, who has a super fan. Uh, David Putty. David Putty. Patrick Warburton. Patrick Warburton. Yeah, yeah. Who we actually covered for one of our final episodes last year. We our did, last yes. What's the Deal with episode. Be episode sure to listen to 55 that. with Stacey. Yeah. Again, it's all coming full it's circle. It's all coming back to me now, Celine. So, yeah. Yes. Uh, and then my Seinfeldisms. Fabulous. And that's basically everything here for today. That's it. Yeah. That was a season four premiere of this podcast, but I don't want to be a secondary character. Thank you so much for your support. And uh, if you're back with us, great. If you're with us for the first time, even better. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. You know, we're on iTunes, Spotify, all that jazz. That's right. And we're on all the social media channels yeah. uh, at Bidwabask. If you want to email us, we have an email address, Bidwabask Podcast, B I D W B A S C Podcast at gmail.com. And we are now on Patreon. So go to patreon.com forward slash Bidwabask. We spoke about Patreon and the, the levels of memberships and donations and stuff at the start so uh, if you forgot be sure to go back or just jump on the website yeah that's right be sure to donate please. that's right yeah any support would be amazing um, yeah. if you want to donate to the human fund or be a friend of a uh, friend of Bidwabask or if you've got a product or service you want to send to hundreds if not thousands of people who listen to us on a weekly basis yep. uh, you know for $25 a month you can't go wrong man that's right jump on board that's right so uh, thanks again for listening and uh, we are stoked for the fourth season of Bidwabask <laughs>